Welcome to the Behind the Surface podcast presented by the International Surface Fabricators Association. ISFA exists to serve industry professionals involved in the fabrication of manufactured surfacing materials. With each episode, Behind the Surface inspires fabricators to take their business to the next level. Now with your host, Nancy Bush. Hi, and welcome back to the Behind the Surface podcast. I'm Nancy Bush, and today I'm here with Tim Sidoris from Grand Onyx, a company that is dedicated to servicing the stone fabricator industry. Welcome back, Tim. I've had you on before. I'm super excited to have you. Today we're talking about tracking sales, and Tim and I have been kind of chatting before this recording a little bit about tracking sales and salespeople, and uh Boy, I think that you have some great uh, reminders on how to how to track metrics to really set your teams up for success. And uh, you know, we've had some conversations around micromanagement and sales staff getting nervous about that. And I think that uh, Tim has done a fantastic job of identifying some things that really kind of flip that upside down into something that uh, is really a tool for sales folks to really hone in on those areas to focus on and not waste their time on the things that they don't need to, right? So take it away, Tim. Thanks, Nancy. Um, so salespeople are wild animals, right? We know that. They, um, they're driven on emotion. They love to deal with people. They hate paperwork. Um, you know, they want the sale. That's what, that's what the best salespeople do. They want to help. They want to help and they don't want to waste time on all this extra stuff. And I think there's kind of a disconnect there because as a business owner, when you start out, you know, you're, you're cutting stone, you're making slabs. And you think the first thing that crosses your mind is, well, if I hire a salesperson, I'm going to get sales. I mean, that's just, and that's every business, every small business across the country. I did it 15 years ago. I thought by the time I hire this third person, the first two just weren't any good. I just needed to hire a different one. And it's, that's not it. I mean, once I discovered that, that even though they have the sales capability, you have to support them. You have to help them set their goals. Um, that's when the magic happens. Wait a minute. I bought an elliptical trainer one time and I was convinced that I was going to be super fit. Yeah. And I just feel like when you do that, you should immediately lose five or 10 and, uh, and you know, but it turns out you got to get on that thing. Yeah. It's like the elliptical easy. trainer went by the wayside for the bike. <laughs> mm -hmm. and the bike became a coat, a coat rack. Right. Uh, yeah. so this is this sounds like a little bit similar story it is uh another interesting thing when you think about it is there's whole degrees and universities dedicated to sales and when you hire somebody in sales i mean if they're good they're going to sell themselves to you and it's it's that whole Ooh, I don't know. Right. I mean, they sell themselves really good and they've got a great resume, but in, in as business owners, we're just not always equipped to identify who's good, who's got potential, you know, who can take us to the next level or even manage our team. And that's why 
you know, metrics have always been just a good way to see where you started and where you're going, where you've been. Well, let's face it, not all business owners are salespeople themselves. So it's hard to recognize what you don't relate to, right? Yeah, yeah. And our, our favorite tool for that, I know a lot of people have heard it, it's becoming more and more common, is a CRM, Customer Relationship Manager. There's hundreds of them out there. There's even some that have come out to differentiate themselves. There's one in particular, it's actually called the Less Annoying CRM. <laughs> because it is, it's to salespeople, it's annoying. Um, it is a pain. Yeah, right. Uh, there's a couple tricks though that we found to help them use it once you set it up. Uh, turn on the texting because the salespeople don't want to get a text message when they're on vacation at their personal phone. So after you get the texting set up, you can also set up the emails. And the beauty of syncing your emails is if the customer is in the CRM, any email that goes to them is in one spot. You don't have to search emails. You don't have to dig through emails and it's all automatic. And, you know, the salespeople that I've seen that use it just love that feature and it's built in. So those are two things that can really get the salespeople on board to start using the CRM. And that's really the first hurdle is to get their buy-in. It is. And in my experience with CRMs, uh, staff gets really nervous that it's being used, you know, to watch over or, mm. you know, to my, again, to micromanage. Uh, and so it's really, it's really important to show them how the things that they can do and set up, there's some ownership ability there too to get the buy-in and the you know to to adopt the system uh by having them giving them options of different ways you know like the email or like the text message um, notifications and things and and just kind of get some of their buy-in about how they would like to be reached and you know what what will help them um can be super helpful uh, i've had I've had some staff that have gone from zero to a hundred miles an hour with CRMs. It's so amazing when that happens. Yeah. And if there's hesitation with your team, you just, you just have to approach it that, you know, what are you making now as a human, right? Like, what are you taking home to your family? What do you want to take home? How do I help you get there? Like, that's it. Just, just because that's really what it's about. I mean, we want that person to succeed. And this tool is the obvious way to do it. And they know it, but you're just, you change the perspective where it's not, I'm not tracking you, micromanaging you. I want to give you a tool that gets you to the next level. And if I have visibility as leadership, I can help you. You know, I can make investments. I can hire consultants. I can do things to help you you know, afford your next big house or get to your next big personal goal, or you've got a kid on the way and you just need to increase your revenue. I mean, those are, those are discussions that go, that just create such loyalty with your salespeople. Absolutely. So Tim, talk about some of these tools and other than, you know, texting and, um, and, 
and emails. I mean, there's there's some other metrics that you use to kind of help salespeople hone in on the areas that they might need to improve on. Yeah, there was one that we've stumbled across. Um, just about every single customer that we've evaluated has had this problem. And nobody thinks about it. Um, it's unanswered calls. And you wouldn't think that's a big deal, but in the couple scenarios, I'm th- we had one in particular where there was a certain time of day where there was a huge influx of phone calls, sales calls. This isn't like templating or service. Like this is somebody that's been going down the list on Google that says, hey, want to buy a countertop and it goes to a voicemail. We, we figured out that 30 to 40% of their sales calls went unanswered every week. It, it was insane. And it's not uncommon. I mean, seeing an average 20 to 25%. And when you have a sales rep that's busy with a customer, of course, that's call is going to go unanswered. And when that happens and you're present, you don't think it's a big deal. But when it tallies up, you're like, man, four out of my 10 phone calls are not getting answered. What does that convey to my customers? And you may just say, you know what, I'm going to set up, there's, there's, there's technology that exists. You probably already have in your phone system, you may not know it, but um, simul ring or round robin, where if it doesn't get picked up after three or four rings, you know, hit your AP person or your accounts receivable or somebody that's always at their desk that is backup that can say, oh yeah, I'm sorry, I'm not a salesperson, but can I take your information? Um, now, depending on the phone system too, there's a really cool one that we've been experimenting with is where if they don't answer, they get a text message response. that says, hey, sorry, we missed your call. We'll call you right back. Are there any immediate questions we can answer? I love that. I love the human connection, though. I, I really like that forwarding idea uh, because, you know, on the flip side, uh, just even personally, when I call a business, especially related to the construction industry, and you don't hear from somebody as a customer, oh, the first thing you think is that's common. Okay. <laughs> If, if, but if I if I can't talk to somebody and something goes wrong with this thing that I'm trying to do to my home or whatever, right? The homeowner's thinking this. Uh, am I going to be able to get a human to talk to? Yeah, and it's an easy fix. Just answer the phone when it rains. It's a sale in the West. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's one of the seven. Uh, my next obvious one is sales by quarter. You know, we sales by quarter, sales by month. Set your goals quarterly for your sales team. Let them set them with you. So look at the last one, say, okay, we want to increase this. What can we increase it to? Or if there's an issue with the business, say, hey, we're having some issues. We've got to get our sales numbers up. What's the next quarter goal we should set for? And then report weekly. And then every month say, okay, we're below, we're behind or we're above. How can, how can I help you get to that next number? But try to get it reported within a couple of days to, you know, at least a week because they want to keep score. Well, and uh, folks that are driven to, to be in sales and to help um, kind of goes to follow that they might be a little competitive. Mm-hmm. So sometimes those numbers, you know, uh, self-manage, right? Right. Uh, so... It takes, as Eric Tryon has said so many times, takes a lot of the heavy lifting 
out of the conversations right and makes and makes it so much faster and you know you you think of um, methodologies like traction that you know the EOS it's all about let the let the data do the driving right let it make the decision and so uh, this is so true uh, with these goals for sales teams what's your feeling on setting goals that are unattainable for sales folks you know I've, I've seen so many companies do this over the years you know where they where the salesperson goes they just set these goals. They have no idea. Like I'm never that. That's unachievable. It's it. It almost is. Uh, it almost breaks their spirit. I think. Yeah. Everything I've ever read. Everything I've ever experienced is. If you set it, that's a. And this isn't gospel. This is just my experience. But if you set it, bad idea. If they set it, that's different. Yeah. If they good. set it, you know, it's their goal. They're competing against themselves, which is always a better culture. Yeah. So, okay. The third one, open deals. I mean, it'd be fascinating. It's fascinating how many times somebody walks in a door, gets a quote, and that's the last time they're ever talked to. It's just, and, and just the amount of conversation I've had with salespeople and you ask them like, well, yeah, I gave him a quote. It's like, well, have you, called them since well no i mean they've got the quote it's just like guys i guess that's where that university would come in the sales university but we can't all afford that right but that follow-up i mean i've talked about it before seven times you want to hit them seven times it's a harvard study i think from the 90s wow you know we're so focused on not on returning the calls when they come in but it's interesting i wonder what the what i wonder what the data looks like you know in all sales professions for the follow-up after the quote because yeah. I, I am i again i'm thinking of real life uh current reality uh quote bid proposal requests <laughs> and, and i'm like i'm astounded you just don't hear from them again. They're yeah. like, okay, homework is done, turned in, good. Right. They'll come back when they want me. Uh, right. they, and it doesn't have to be, hey, you're ready to sign. It's like, I got a new color you might be interested in. You know, are there any other decisions I can help you make? Just trying to be helpful. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Moving along, this one's, um, this one doesn't sound as special until you think about how to use it. Average order size. So we had an experiment where we had six salespeople and we had one person that went to each one of those six and said, and had the same script, basically said, I want a countertop, here's the criteria. So six salespeople, all six had a different dollar amount. And what's interesting is you know, immediately as a business owner, you're going to think, okay, well, I just need to standardize the way we do our process. But, but you've got some high performers in there that, you know, you've got some that are only doing two, three grand, some that are averaging five. How are they doing that? What are they doing? You know, study that person and apply it to the rest of your organization. You think that uh, they're fishing for different fish. Could they're be. Set, they're setting the bait differently. They have to be. Or you've got upsells, you know, there's the yeah. whole psychology of 
upselling and, you know, all that technology that's out there like hot sauce and all these other things. Those are high margins. The customer's there to buy. There's no doubt, right? Yeah. Take advantage of it. Measure it so you know what you're doing. Mm, I like that one. That's uh, average order size. Now, I got to tell you, I never thought about that, but that's a great, that's a great metric to take a look at. Yep. Close rates my next. That one's obvious. Um, you can increase your close rate. I know a lot of people don't think they can, but there's a lot of different psychology that goes into it. Even if you have the right leads when they come in, they'll close better. And you're going to close, you know, an empty nester differently than you're going to close uh, parents with newborns. And you just, you'll be able to start to recognize that stuff if you have time to track it and pay attention to it. And close rates, for the people that don't track it, you don't know if your salesperson's any good or not. Are they making you money or are they costing you money? I mean, you have to track that number. Yeah, for sure. It's interesting, you know, follow up and that close rate might change. So it might encourage the, some of the other buckets, right? Yeah, this, is a, this isn't part of the metric. It's a high level one, but we call it, it's, um, it's something that I think the stone fabricate industry is going to start to invest more in, but it's called the CAC, it's the customer acquisition cost. So what does it actually cost to get a prospect in the door? And if you, if it's a hundred bucks, can you lower that? Is that too much? Because if your close rate's terrible, close rate's 10%, that's a thousand bucks to bring a customer in the door. There goes your margin. Right? Yeah, that's next level for sure. Yeah, that's a podcast a few months from now. Okay, Nancy. I was gonna, I was gonna say that sounds like that sounds like a whole nother conversation. Yeah, and then time to close. Time to close is some people can do it really quickly. Some people it takes longer. And what you'll notice is everybody's time to close is going to be short unless they're investing the time needed to put that seven follow ups in. And then you're going to hit about thirty to forty five days. That's the sweet spot. Okay. So then the last one, which is the most overlooked, is how many people were interested but weren't quoted? One of my favorites is they'll call and they'll say, when are your hours? When are you open? And they never call back or they never come in. So wait, you're tracking tire kickers. Yes. Fascinating. Yes, yes because right. it's a it's a six. So the research that we've done when we have a lead that comes in and track it as closed, we track it all the way back to when they visited your website. And it's six to nine months. And we'll see somebody come back to your site multiple times. You know, maybe they come around tax season and they call and they want to do it. But then, you know, maybe their transmission goes out in their car or they have a flood in their basement. Who knows? Right. Um, they're interested is a huge number that does not get taken advantage of. I love that. I had not thought about, you know, 
before the pre-bid folks, the, you know, the prospects, I guess, for lack of a better term. And I think um, it's really interesting some of the ways that you could build programs of reaching out and follow up and cadence there too, right? So what are the what are the things that might get them past the hurdle of, you know, whether it be financial or whatever, tying that into your programs and things like that. That's that's uh that's a good one. I like that a lot. Yeah. Now, um little secret for these seven metrics. I don't I don't know everything, right? There's no way. And this is just stuff that you know, like everybody, I'm just a few chapters of everybody else. We've used it, but um, a cheat code, if you don't want to talk to me and if you just kind of want to learn on your own, and this is something that we set up our clients with, is we use ChatGPT. It's super common. You're probably getting tired of hearing of it, but we create what's called an avatar. So we go to ChatGPT and we say, hey, we want you to pretend to be a vice president of sales for a large stone fabrication shop. We want you to be kind, caring, but to the point and focused on making our teams better. And then you make that available to your salespeople and your sales manager. So when there's manuals that need to be created, when there's really weird questions that come up, like it is literally a 24-7 helpline in their pocket. Oh my goodness, what a great tool. Uh, you know, we just talked about prospects and reaching out to them in a, in a follow-up cadence. What a better way to quickly create a really professional and well-thought-out kind of um, messaging, whether it be email or whether it be, you know, text or whether it be whatever. Um, that's that's a fantastic idea. I like that's where, that. the, that's 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 where we got the idea for time to close. We hadn't didn't have that before. And we said, what are the top metrics that we should be tracking this industry? And that was one we didn't have. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Uh, you know, this chat GPT thing is so funny. Uh, it seems it seems like like everything else. So focused on the one thing, you know, creating content or whatever that is. But uh, I haven't really thought about using it for creating programs, right? And really that's what you're doing is you're creating programs in that and the suggestions that come back, uh, that could be really dynamic for, especially in the interest of time, you know? Um, well, we can't afford that PhD with the sales degree. Exactly. The, the, the work's been done out there. It's out there. That yeah. information's out there, but how to, how to extract that and use it quickly uh, right. Is, I think quickly is the key term for every fab shop uh, everywhere, every day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> quickly uh, is is this chat GPT. I really like that. And the uh, the avatar kind of concept is interesting. I wonder wonder what that looks like for some other positions, too. And again, another conversation for another day. But we talk a lot about SOPs uh, on the podcast with various you know guests, Eric and others. And um, I think that this could be a great way to start that basic template, right? Making templates, uh, ChatGPT is a great tool for that, for sure. Mm -hmm. Amazing, great information, Mr. Sidoris. Always such a pleasure. And uh, I'm 
I'm certain that we're going to have you back. You and I talked earlier uh, about a program that you have worked on. Do you want to do you want to kind of talk a little bit deeper about the sales management side of the conversation? Yeah, so it you know, it's a daunting task when you have six salespeople and they've been doing it the same way for 10 years. And, you know, the business owner comes back from a conference and everybody's like, oh, God, what's the new thing we're doing now? Right. Like that's that that goes through all their heads. Um, we have been that person that came back from the conference and we came up with something for sales that we call the amethyst method. And it's targeted around helping the salespeople, equipping them with the tools they need, helping them set their goals helping them set their metrics, tracking what they're doing automatically for them, and really just helping them focus on sales, helping them do what they do best. They don't want to learn a CRM. They don't want to write the sales scripts. Like all this stuff we've already done, it's already written, it's ready to go. Um, and if you don't feel like asking chat GPT a few hundred questions, you know, it's kind of turnkey for us, but... But yeah, if, if it's obviously if it's of interest to somebody and in, in these downturn times, they want a plug and play turnkey method. That's something that we've we've set up. We've had a lot of success with it. That's so cool. I would love to have you back to talk about that on another episode. So if you're listening, be sure to, you know, look for that. Um, but Tim, this is awesome. I mean, these are some great nuggets in this podcast and I so appreciative of your support and your willingness to you know come on and talk about these things to help fabricators grow their businesses and um just you're such a good friend of the industry so thank you okay good luck guys thanks for listening to hear more in-depth viewpoints gain actionable insights and powerful tools to help you succeed Subscribe to the Behind the Surface podcast presented by the International Surface Fabricators Association. To learn more about ISFA, visit our website at www.isfanow.org.